Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. Thanks so much for carving some time out of your busy day to spend with me. So today we're going to be talking about the commercial real estate industry. Before I go any further, I want to to let you know if you're listening to this recording, it is September the 22nd, 2020. So what we thought was going to happen last year in the commercial real estate industry, you could just wipe that clean because everything's changed. Everything's been turned upside and on its ear, as my mother would say. So I read an article recently that said, the commercial real estate industry is predicted to be a $951.1 billion industry in 2020. Uh, while the full impact of the COVID-19 pandemic is still unfolding, two particular trends are at the forefront. Sublease space is ramping up and rents are set to face a downward turn. So today I have, uh, I have Greg Aguirre, and Greg is the founder of Capital Rivers uh, Commercial. He started his career in the home building industry, handling site acquisitions and entitlements for both a private builder and a large national builder, but soon learned that his true passion was in retail commercial real estate. Today, he's the president of Capital Rivers Commercial Real Estate. Help me in welcoming Greg to the show. Hey, Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Linda. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how you felt this calling to be part of the commercial real estate business and, uh, and, and starting your own company. Yeah, so um, I've always been interested in real estate ever since I was young and, and in fact started doing it while I was in college and uh, just kind of, uh, you know, naturally one thing led to another, um, got uh, got involved on the corporate side doing work for, as you mentioned, a large home builder and, uh, and then the housing market, uh, you know, tanked and uh, there was an opportunity to get into the retail side of things. And so I did some development work for CVS Pharmacy and then uh, was over at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and, and did development for them, opening new branches, followed by uh, doing uh, development work and uh, managing the real estate portfolio for a company called Sleep Train, which ultimately sold to Mattress Firm. And, uh, you know, I started Capital Rivers uh, right after sleep train sold the mattress firm, uh, you know, because I had, I always had a passion, um, you know, for doing things the right way and wanting to do things, you know, my way. And, uh, you know, the timing was right. And so, uh, we started, uh, Capital Rivers commercial and now we're, uh, almost, uh, coming up on six years and have been, been growing every single year. And, 
it's just been a fantastic thing. So uh, that's how I went from the corporate side to to uh, starting Capital Rivers. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you work with clients at Capital Rivers. What type of services do you do you um, do you offer to clients? Yeah. So we uh, we have a variety of services, and we consider ourselves a full service commercial real estate company. Um, our specialty really lies in the retail sector, um, although we do do some some office and industrial. And so, uh, you know, we work with a number of different brands um, on the tenant rep side. Um, you know, for example, Grocery Outlet, CVS, Quick Quack Car Wash, Sourdough and Company, and a num- number of others. And, and what we do is we, we kind of act as their outsourced real estate department. And so, mm-hmm. you know, our team will come in and we will help them you know, come up with a strategic plan. So we'll look at their, their existing, you know, stores or locations. We'll analyze them, you know, based on their, their performance. Look at things like, uh, you know, traffic counts, customer counts, visibility, you know, all the factors that play into the real estate uh, site selection process and, and, you know, checking kind of the demographics to make sure that, you know, we fully understand that brand and really at a deep level, you know, understand, you know, what types of customers are, are visiting that location. And uh, from there, you know, we build out a uh, kind of a, a general profile, um, you know, site criteria list, um, which will have things like, uh, you know, what the target demographics are for that brand or, you know, what, what are some key provisions? Uh, you know, is, is it a destination type use, you know, uh, where visibility might not be quite as important as if it was a, you know, an impulse type use, like a quick service restaurant or something like that. Um, and we'll put that criteria together, work with the team, uh, and then identify, you know, strategic target markets uh, throughout the U.S. So we're based in Sacramento, but we can do work throughout the entire U.S. And so, um, you know, for example, if a franchisor has a new franchisee that comes on board and they're looking in Arizona, um, we would work with that franchisee, help them identify the appropriate trade areas and the appropriate real estate, work with, in often cases, a local broker in that market who intimately knows, you know, the ownership structure there. Um, and, and we've got a program that we put together called the um, Franchise Ambassador or the um, Brand Ambassador Program. And so we would educate that local broker on the brand that we're representing. So they would understand it at a very deep level and be able to talk to landlords and, um, you know, uh, other business owners in the area and, and provide consistency in quality, consistency in process. Uh, and, and essentially, we'd be the single source for the franchisor and the franchisee. So they would know exactly where every deal is at in the process, uh, and it would be consistent. The brand would be represented appropriately. Um, and so so that model has really been successful for us, and, and we're growing that in a big way. So, Greg, so Greg you know, I'm thinking that, um, you know, there's some empty space at a strip center down here, and – you know, maybe I just want to maybe I just want to start my own business in that. Maybe I've I've got a I've decided to um, purchase a franchise, and I think, oh, that's great. But you know, it sounds like you guys do a lot of research before you actually 
um, present a property or a space to your clients? We do, yeah. For us, it's not, you know, a lot of brokers, and not all, I mean, but a lot, it's, you know, commission-driven, right? So if yeah. we get a tenant uh, to sign a lease, you know, that's how we get paid. We get a commission. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, working with the franchisor and the franchisee, the goal is for that franchisee to be as successful as possible because that means that as their real estate representative, we can go do multiple deals. It means that the franchisee is making money. It means that the franchisor is then making money through royalties and such. And so for us, it's really critical that we work with that franchisee who's ready to, you know, sign that lease and open their business that we find the real estate that works for that brand. And so, I mean, we even have um, some software programs that use artificial intelligence and we can literally track, you know, how many, how many people are going to that shopping center or to that building and where are they going before they get to that shopping center? Where are they going after? So you can see some trends, you know, what, what are the, what, what's the age range? What's the household income? What's the demographic profile? Um, you know, what are the signage opportunities? Um, are there certain provisions that we should put in that lease? For example, a co-tenancy provision, you know, you might be, that brand might be highly reliant on a grocery store, you know, that's driving traffic in that center. Well, what happens if the grocery store closes? You know, mm-hmm. it's going to impact you. So, you know, you should negotiate a provision that allows for some relief in that case. And so, um, it's it's just so much more than just signing a lease and and uh, you know hoping that the customers will come. Um, you know, there's I mean it's a big decision to sign a lease and make a commitment like that, especially if you're doing multiple locations. And so, it's it's sure. key to really understand you know what makes a location successful. Right. Would there also be you know I'm just thinking would there also be a provision in there not to have a competitor in the same industry in that strip center? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, exclusives are, are, are a big deal. And, and sometimes they're, you know, forgotten about when somebody's rushing into, you know, wanting to open their business to sign a lease, but, you know, you, you open, you know, a, a sandwich shop and, you know, your competitor comes and opens next door. Obviously that's not good for you. Right. And so, right. Uh, it, it's, it's standard practice, especially on the retail side, to have exclusive use provisions, and and they can be incredibly complicated. I mean, it could be, you know, you get into the weeds in terms of, you know, is it a primary use? Is it a secondary use? Well, how much square footage of, you know, the space is utilized for selling X product? And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's really important to have somebody that knows those, those provisions and can really negotiate those, um, you know, in a way that's advantageous to, to the, uh, the business that's, that's locating there. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about where we are today. Like I said, we're, this is September 22nd, 2020. And this pandemic has really, um, it has really changed a lot of the, the ways that we do business and I hear that many companies are closing their locations, people are working from home. How has the pandemic impacted the commercial real estate industry? Yeah, great question. Um, there's a lot to that. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt that it's over, you know, uh, turned over the commercial real estate industry and impacted every 
part of it. Um, you know, a lot of uh, independent, you know, restaurants and, you know, hospitality sector, as, as we all know, have been severely impacted. Um, you know, the, the PPP funds and that sort of thing can only go so far. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, ironically, we've actually become busier, um, you know, during this time period than we were even before uh, COVID. And I, and I think a lot of that is from, you know, we've seen kind of an acceleration in what were some some trends that were already happening. Um, for example, the restaurant industry, you know, the, uh, you know, kind of consolidating your menu and, you know, having a high level of customer service, you know, digital integration, you know, the omni-channel, right, you know, going on and doing social media posts and things like that, um, you know, curbside pickup, um, you know, that was all in process. And COVID just expedited that. So the brands uh-huh. that were able to to really make that happen quick and they were prepared for it and they could pivot their business model, a lot of them are actually doing as good or better uh, during this time period. And so they're expanding. And the brands or the companies that are shrinking and leaving their real estate, uh, you know, it's it's freeing up some, some GLA or some space that, that these other uh, companies can then go lease, you know, and the rates are dropping too. So their occupancy costs are dropping. So it's created actually a lot of opportunity for, for some uh, kind of emerging, you know, and developing brands. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I actually saw happening um, is several months ago that there is more available commercial square footage. And when the inventory is high, yeah, we know that it's just a rule of thumb that the rates. So right. I could see where, like you just mentioned, an emerging brand may be able to open much easier it today than maybe last year at this time, simply because Absolutely. the rates have dropped. Well, rates have dropped. I mean, you've lost a little bit of competition depending on what, you know, what uh, brand, you know, it is, you know, if mm-hmm. it, you might have lost some of your, you know, if you had a competitor and they went out of business, now now they're no longer there because uh, right. you've got a better brand or service or offering, um, you know, you know, the rates are lower. You can negotiate uh, depending on who the landlord is, possibly some better terms. So maybe it's not necessarily just the, you know, the rental rate, but, you know, maybe you're able to get that exclusive that you weren't able to get before or you're able to get mm-hmm. a uh, early termination right that you weren't able to get before, you know, or you don't have to pay percentage rent, which maybe the landlord was requiring before. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's created some opportunity if, if you're in a position to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Now you just mentioned something I didn't know existed and that's an early term, uh, termination um, clause. Right. That um, and and what I see happening sometimes, or I have seen happen, is that if a franchisee ends up not being able to make it for whatever reason, you know, poor decisions, Mm -hmm. cash flow, whatever the reason is, um, then they're kind of on the hook for the rest of that lease. So I've not ever heard of um, of that that clause. Tell me how that works. Yeah, so there's a number of ways you can structure it, but uh, for an you know as an example, you could say, okay, you know, landlord, I'm going to commit to three years 
uh, or five years or whatever it might be, but after a certain period of time, so let's say after three years, if I don't hit X in gross sales, then I have the right to terminate my lease uh, and get out. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're kind of hedging your bets. You're saying, well, hey, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure I'm going to hit this number, but if I don't, then, then tenant, I have, you know, I've got a right. I can send you a notice and I'll terminate. And usually, you know, let's say the landlord gave you some tenant improvement dollars or they built out the space, you know, you're going to have to pay that back on a, uh, you know, pro rata share, um, you know, over the remainder term. So there'll be some sort of, you know, early termination fee or penalty. But, you know, if you're not making money there and your your alternative is that you're you're on the hook for another, you know, four or five years, yeah. you might be better off, um, you know, paying you know, some sort of fee to terminate the lease, get out and not have any liability or potential liability. Because I've heard of franchisees that have had to take bankruptcy because of that. They couldn't pay the remainder of the lease. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've, we, uh, we created a uh, tenant survival guide that's actually on our website at uh, capitalrivers.com and uh, kind of walks through, you know, step by step, if a tenant's in a in a situation where they need to have a conversation with their landlord, you know what they should be thinking about. And uh, through that, you know, we've helped uh, I don't know hundreds of of uh, you know tenants, business owners with their various situations. And you know, a good number of them, you know, bankruptcy is kind of the last option, but but it's something that they're definitely considered or considering, or they've already you know started to pursue. And um, you know, obviously that that could wipe out, you know, the liability with the uh, with the landlord. However, you know, it, it creates other you know personal consequences. Sure, sure, and that is a perfect example, folks, of why you would want to work with someone like uh, like Greg because. Um, I didn't know that there was that special clause in there. And who knows what else I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. So if you think that you can do it on your own, you might want to think twice because Greg's been in the industry a long time. And with his expertise, he's probably seen a lot more about commercial real estate than you have. So, Greg, I need to take a quick commercial break. And I would love to hear some stories. I love stories because it really sure. kind of paints the picture a lot clearer for me than uh, just listening to the facts. So if you, do you have some stories that you might be able to yeah, share with us when we come back? I Absolutely. bet you do. I bet you do. So, uh, folks, we'll be back with more on commercial real estate in just a moment. Ready to update your tired old kitchen or bathroom? Then you need to call Gambone's Custom Home Improvements. Gambone's does all phases of remodeling, specializing in kitchen and bath remodels. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements is a company you can trust. Family owned and operated with an A-plus rating with a BBB. Call Gambone's today, 832-437-8898. Or check them out on the web at GamboneCHI.com. That's GamboneCHI.com. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements, where you will get quality work at a quality price. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. 
Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Just Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks. Welcome back to All Things Franchising. I'm here with Greg Aguirre, and he is uh, the founder of Capital Rivers Commercial Real Estate. So, Greg, I ask if you happen to have some stories that you could tell us. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, quite a few, so I had to kind of think through which ones uh, (laughs) to to share. but. you know, one story that I'll, I'll kind of talk about that I think is relevant is what we're doing with a company called Sourdough and Company here in uh, Sacramento, and uh, they're an, an emerging, you know, brand um, franchise, uh, you know, operated. And uh, so, so they it was a, a concept that you know had been around for a very long time. They had a couple of locations, family owned, and uh, they you know decided they wanted to grow that brand. And uh, it had a really good following here in, in Northern California. And so they went down, you know, the, through the process of, you know, franchising, creating the franchise uh, disclosure docs. And they're actually still in that process, very close to having that wrapped up. Um, but, uh, you know, they brought on all these investors. So they had this long list of people that, you know, wanted to open Sourdough and Co. locations, which is great. And um, But they didn't have a real estate process or program in place so it was just very much um you know they'd sign on the on the franchisee and then the franchisee was kind of you know on their own to go find a site and they could Uh use whoever they wanted and you know uh you know it caused these issues where you you had multiple brokers representing that brand they didn't know anything about the brand other than maybe what they'd kind of read online or what the franchisee maybe told them so they didn't do all that research, right? They didn't have a site criteria, you know, that was specific to that brand. And and so the issue was that there was no consistency uh, in the leases. There was no consistency in the site selection. There was confusion in the marketplace because you had, you know, multiple people saying that they were representing that brand, you know, contacting the same landlord. And uh, wow. it was doing that brand a disservice. And so so we got involved and started working with Sourdough and said, look, let us put together, you know, that site criteria. Let us do the research. We identified, you know, we took all of their existing locations, ran profiles on them and really dug into them and, and looked at, you know, what are the most successful, the high volume locations versus the low volume locations and what are the differences? And, and let's figure out why location, you know, A is not doing as good as location B. And so we, we uh-huh. went through all that. And, and we created this program for them. And so now we have a consistent, you know, letter of intent, a consistent lease agreement, a consistent site selection process. You know, any brokers that are working on the brand with us understand the brand and can talk, speak to the brand just like the owner. And so 
what it's created is locations that are more successful. So they ended up closing actually a couple of locations that just, just weren't, weren't working out. And the new locations that they've been opening have performed a lot better. There is, it's been a lot more efficient in opening locations. The franchisees aren't as frustrated. Um, and so it's kind of a great success story of, you know, our, what we're calling the brand ambassador program and, you know, the benefits of working with a group like us. Um, and, and, you know, furthermore, it doesn't cost them anything because we get paid when, right. when a deal actually happens. So, you know, right, it doesn't cost right. the franchisee anything, think, and it doesn't cost the franchisor anything. And, you know, Greg, Greg I would think that it would also be um, a perk or an added benefit of working with that specific franchisor because a franchisee, you know, they're coming, a lot of them are coming out of corporate, maybe an industry that has nothing to do with uh, commercial right. real estate for sure or retail if they're looking at retail space. So they really right. don't know anything. They don't know whether it's good or bad. They're just depending on this other commercial uh, real estate broker. But if you've got, if the franchisor offers your service to them, it just seems like it would take that burden off of them to try to get it right. It does. Yeah. And you know, it's, some franchisors have really great real estate programs, but I would tell you that in our experience, the majority do not. It's almost like an mm-hmm. afterthought, right? Like yeah. their core business is is their core business. You know, real estate is not what they're they specialize in, and mm-hmm. and so you know they try to get the franchisee. They have a great concept. You know, they're they're doing great, but the real estate part is like almost like an afterthought, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, the franchisee—it's kind of a frustrating process for them because, you know, if, if it's a brick and mortar, you know, concept, they need a location. Well, you can't open your store until you have a location, but that's a big commitment right. because just like right. when you're signing on to be a franchisee, you know, it's it's big dollar amounts, right? Just mm-hmm. like when you're signing mm-hmm. a lease, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's a critical decision uh, and a, and a critical process, and you know, working with a group like, like ours, you know, we make sure that, you know, it's very methodical and that, you know, it's, it's, you're making the decision on what's best for you and for the brand. And, um, you know, another example that I have that kind of ties into that is we, we were working with a client and negotiating, um, you know, a lease for a location and the landlord, you know, wanted a personal guarantee um, you know, from the franchisee, which is very typical, right? So, because, you know, a lot of times there's an LLC or something like that. It's an actual tenant, but it doesn't really have any value. So the landlord mm-hmm. wants to make sure that, you know, somebody that's got, you know, some net worth is on the hook. And, uh, you know, typically most franchisees will just sign it and say, okay, fine. But, you know, in this case, we negotiated the personal guarantee. And, and the way that we did it is we... It, it was a rolling guarantee. So over time, as the, you know, as long as the tenant was paying their rent and they were doing all the things that they said they were going to do under their lease and weren't in default, their liability would shrink over time. So, uh. you know, we could say, okay, you know, over a 10 year period with all the tenant improvements that were put in, let's say it's a $5 million, you know, uh, exposure, right? If, if this tenant just, you know, decided to walk up and leave, you know, $5 million exposure to landlord. Well, 
why don't we cap it at $5 million since that's what we all agree is the exposure. And then every year that I pay you rent and I'm not in default and I do what I say I'm going to do, it goes down by a percentage. Uh So that if you ultimately something happens and you have to default, like, you know, COVID, for example, you limited your exposure now, right? So you don't have that full exposure that you would otherwise have, you know, with just kind of a traditional, you know, personal guarantee. Um, You know, and so that's another one of the benefits of working with, you know, a team like ours is, is we can get really creative. And, and like you said, we've seen a lot. Um, and we also have in-house legal counsel to help with, you know, some of the more complex, you know, structures. But, um, you know, that really saved them because, you know, they, you know, unexpectedly got, you know, COVID hit them and they needed to uh, renegotiate with their landlord. And now they had this provision where, you know, they were a great tenant, paid rent on time. And, you know, now their exposure was limited because of that language that we had put in that guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, here I'm I'm in Houston, and um, it was probably about a month or so after the pandemic had had just really ramped up, and there was there were several restaurants. They were independently owned restaurants that had been yeah. in the Houston area thirty and forty years, and because they couldn't pay their their rent the landlord actually evicted them. And they had been at those locations for so long. So I can see where something like that would, would really benefit both sides um, because it gives the landlord the protection that he feels they need, but it also gives some protection to the, um, the tenant, but it, it just, it balances um, the equities. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And and there are some landlords out there that are more difficult um in in a situation than than others. Now, when, when you are you know, when you're looking at or when you're working with uh a prospective tenant, maybe it is a franchisee, um the, there's always the build out that is mm-hmm. a big deal as well. So right. do you, how do you help them with that? Do you have referral partners or how do you coach them around that? Yeah. So, you know, the first thing to understand is, is what's it going to cost, right? So usually there's mm-hmm. kind of a rough estimate of what the typical, you know, build out program is, you know, if it's a, if it's a larger franchise concept, but you know, every space is going to be unique, right? Um, and have its own challenges. And so, you know, we have an in-house project manager who, um, you know, does estimating. And so he'll, he can provide, you know, kind of a general idea of what it's going to cost. And then we have referral uh, contractors um, that we work with that we've got some that specialize in restaurants, some that specialize in kind of the medical office uh, or medical retail sector. And so we'll, uh, we'll put the franchisee in contact with, with that, that contractor who will then, you know, provide a more detailed estimate of what it's going to cost to build out that space. Um, and then, you know, in terms of negotiating those dollars or, you know, who's going to pay for it, um, you know, it really depends on, on the deal structure. So, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, we can get the landlord to provide some tenant improvement dollars to help contribute to that mm-hmm. build out cost or mm-hmm. free rent or some combination of the two. Um, you know, or get the landlord to build out, 
you know, or agree to pay for the fixtures that are going to be permanent and add value to the actual physical real estate. And then the tenant pays for, you know, the fixtures that are specific to that brand that if they leave isn't going to, you know, have long-term value for the landlord. And so you get into kind of that, that negotiation, but um, you, you could amortize the cost of those improvements over a longer term. So you don't have this big, you know, if you're a franchise, you don't have this big upfront cost. So there's a number of different ways to structure it um, dependent on the situation. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, your, your typical broker hopefully has, you know, some really great contractors and, and uh, architects and space planners Uh, in a lot of cases, you know, they don't, but um, you know, if they work, if somebody works with us, you know, we make sure that, that uh, they're taken care of from start to finish and, and that we put them in touch with the experts. Greg, we're coming down to the end of the show. Um, is there anything I haven't asked? Because there again, you don't know what you don't know. But is there anything that you want to share with our listeners that maybe we haven't talked about today that they do need to be aware of and um, how you could help them through that? Yeah, great question. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, you know, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and uh, – you know, I'm still, we're, we're always seeing new situations and new things come up and, you know, even the pandemic, for example, you know, we have pandemic language now that's being included mm-hmm. in leases, you know, so, you know, there's always something new. And so, you know, I would tell anybody, you know, do your research on, on, uh, you know, who you're working with, right. Get referrals, um, you know, whether it's working with us or another, you know, broker or another, you know, vendor, like an architect or space planner, you know, ask around, don't just, uh, you know, sign up with the first, you know, group and, and make sure they really understand your business and they're taking the time to understand, you know, what's important to you, what's important to your brand, what's important to, you know, the success of your business um, and that they want to be partners, you know, long-term, you know, it's not just a short-term, you know, let's get you to sign a lease and, you know, I'll never talk to you again. That they're, you mm-hmm. know, really your partner. I think that's key. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's such a big decision. So make sure you, you know, do that research. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, I'm, I know that many times a franchisee is eager. They, they've just signed the, the uh, FDD. They're ready to get started. But this takes time, doesn't it? Finding that perfect spot takes time. So, uh, I would think you wouldn't want to get in a hurry. Yeah, you don't want to rush into it. I mean, you know, maybe you get lucky and that, that perfect space is available right out of the gate, which is which is great. You still okay. got to take your time and make sure that you negotiate a deal that works for you, um, you know, and your brand. I mean, you know, you don't want to just jump in and sign the lease that the landlord sends you without reviewing it and understanding it. Uh-huh. And, because uh, it could it could really have some serious consequences down the road, um, mm-hmm. you know. But you know you, that perfect space might not be available, and so maybe you need to get creative, or maybe you need to, you know, uh, your broker needs to contact, you know, the owners uh, of shopping centers or or businesses that that aren't on the market yet. Maybe they want to relocate, or you know, maybe they're looking at building or adding on to that center. Um, you know, so they should be really working with you to find the right space. Um, regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, the time, you know, there shouldn't be a big push to find 
uh, you know, a space within a week or something, you know, I mean, it can take a long time, but it's a big decision sure. and you want to be successful. Right. So, you know, you, you got to make sure that you find the space, that, you know, obviously if it's a brick and mortar, that's going to work for your concept and your brand. Right, right. Well, like I said, we're down to the end of the show, Greg. Um, if someone's listening and they they are thinking, I need help here, um, how would they get in touch with you? How would they find out more information about Capital Rivers Commercial? Yeah, so there's a number of ways. Um, they can go to our website, which is www.capitalrivers, which is C-A-P-I-T-A-L-R-I-V-E-R-S, Dot com, And so you can learn a lot more about Capital Rivers and our team. We have bios on there. Um, they can send me an email personally, which is uh, my email is greg, G-R-E-G, at capitalrivers.com. They can call us uh, at our main number, 916-514-5225. Um, and, uh, yeah, just reach out. Send us a note, even if you just, you know, have a random question or, you know, you're looking for some assistance, um, you know, we offer free advice all the time. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to build long-term relationships. So, um, you know, we're here as a resource, and uh, I encourage people to reach out. Very good. Greg, thanks so much for being on the show today. I've learned so much. I've taken a lot of notes, and um, I really appreciate you taking time today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I greatly appreciate it, and it was a pleasure. Very good. So, folks, I hope you were taking notes like I was because there was a lot that Greg shared today that I didn't have a clue. So I am going to leave you with a quote today. As always, before you start trying to work out which direction the property market is headed, be aware that there are markets within markets. And this is um, a quote by Paul Cletherton, and he is a financial analyst. And that's exactly what Greg was talking about, that there are markets within markets. Maybe there is a market out there that hasn't been opened up, nobody really knows about. But if you get with the right commercial um, real estate brokers, they have those, they have those connections, folks. So again, I want to thank you for joining me today on All Things Franchising. And I'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.